This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station, KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of The Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR. Your total sports station in Mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online. That's KTGR.com. And on the KTGR app, it's Andy Humphrey, Brendan Schaefer, and producer Chris here with you on your Tuesday where you can join us at 875-KTGR. We have more bowl talk to get to where do you want to see mizzou playing a bowl game and against whom but we also have to talk about the weekend of the nfl particularly what was good and bad and ugly and i think there was enough ugly from last night to just staff the entire show but that's just me the team that won the game did not score a touchdown that's that's pretty bad That's bleak in NFL. I think it's, I think it's great. I don't yeah, know sure it's great for me. Yeah. It was great if you're, you know, a, a sicko. But um, Justin Fields, fantasy football owner. My opponent was a TJ Hawkinson owner. It was it really that great for you Justin, uh, having Justin yes. Fields? Yes, because I was, was able because I because I was able to eke out the win on literally that last big play that you had. Man, I was worried about Justin Fields taking some kneel downs at the end, maybe costing people in fantasy football. But I haven't seen any horror stories yet. Well, we will get to some of what happened uh, with with, uh, all of that uh, in the in the ugly portion of the good, the bad and the ugly. But you can tell us what you thought uh, was good and bad and ugly from the NFL weekend at 875KTGR. We'll get to. The injury expert, Will Carroll, as well, talking about injuries in the league and also the Cardinals' signings and his take on uh, Sonny Gray and Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson all joining up for the Cardinals next year. Will Carroll's thoughts at 425. There's a Mizzou men's hoops game tonight. They're at Pitts. This will be an interesting test for the Tigers. Will they be able to hold up for it? 525, we'll discuss that, as you'll be able to hear it on KTGR right after our show. And then Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach, joins us for talk on his team that had a resounding victory at home to open up dual play about a week and a half ago, and they start Big 12 play this weekend. So Brian Smith joins us to update us on Tiger-style wrestling here. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us, 573-875-5847. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook, too, at facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now the Big Show's Big Deal. We learn later tonight where Mizzou football is ranked in the updated college football playoff rankings. They might, it's likely that they'll stay put at nine, but uh, we'll, we'll see what the other movement looks like between some of those other schools, especially where Ohio State's going to be after their loss to Michigan. Those rankings will get released sometime after 6 p.m. this evening. That'll be right around the time uh, when the Tigers are tipping off with Pittsburgh, 6.30 tip as part of the inaugural SEC-ACC Challenge that just started up this year for both men's and women's. The women's basketball Tigers will be at Virginia later this week. But Mizzou, men's hoops with a 5-2 and two overall record, their latest victory coming against Loyola, Maryland on Saturday. They are 1-0 and in true road games. It was a wild comeback that they had to create to get a road win against Minnesota. We'll see what happens against uh, Pitt later on tonight at 6.30 with tip-off. 
That is the big show's big deal on this 28th day of November 2023. 875-KTGR. If you want to call or text us, lots to get to when it comes to Mizzou, but the big thing we like to do on Tuesday revolves this. Getting into the Wild West for the good, the bad, and the ugly. From the NFL weekend, tell us what you thought was good and bad and ugly at 875-KTGR. First 10 minutes of the Chiefs game was ugly. Final 50, pretty good, got to say. First 10 minutes had me and producer Chris feeling a certain kind of way. They sure did. I mean, we were in the group chat. We were panicking. Chris panicking, obviously, as a Chiefs fan. Brendan doing so as a Chiefs backer with his wallet. And uh, we both ended up pretty happy because the Chiefs not only came back to beat the Raiders, they covered against the Raiders, and all's well that ends well. Like, Are there lingering concerns for you guys about the way that went? I think more than anything, it was schematic. The Raiders had the knowledge that, hey, if we can throw these quick slant passes, the Chiefs are going to give us a little bit of breathing room to do it. And then just one busted play where Josh Jacobs ran free. He does that to people sometimes. I am personally not panicking. I know it's easy to say now, Chris, after we've seen the outcome, I was panicking in the moment, I'll admit it, but I think we saw some growth from the offense, and we also saw the defense clamp down after a weird start to handle the Raiders the way we would have expected. So I'm saying good all the way around. I can forgive what you, what you did at the beginning because it was better. They adjusted and got it done. I mean, they, they needed to take care of business in this game. They just stand on business. Maybe standing on business is what they have to take on Whoa, now all of a that's, sudden. Whoa. That's taken. That, Whoa, that's, that's already taken, taken up by okay, another uh, local football that's, team. So no, I, don't, I think it's fair for both to use it, but that, neither here nor there. We'll, we'll see what the Chiefs do against the Packers on the road. That could... Again, I'm not too scared of the Packers as a team. I'm just scared of the no, environment. Is, I'm, I'm scared of the, the setting more so than anything. The way the NFL seems to work, and, and I think it's true this year more than most other years, is that when you are ready to expect a certain thing, the opposite's going to happen. We expect the Packers going, wow, that's a big win over the Lions on Thanksgiving. Now they get to play at home against one of the top teams in the league. Man, the Packers are, look out for the Packers. No, I, I think the Chiefs wow. are going to. Okay. Right. I, I think the Packers now, it just oscillates Andy back and forth between teams. You know, the, the Packers don't have enough to do that multiple weeks in a row, in my opinion. So I think the Chiefs are in a good spot. But I'll have to dive into the point spread and stuff like that later on in the week to really see how I feel. But I don't know. I think I think their magic was on Thanksgiving. And that's about all you're going to get if well, you're a Packers fan. I mean, if you really want to dig into it, the fact that the Packers got such a a hot start to that game. You know, they had a they had a scoop and score in the first quarter to help make the score what it was. They had a twenty point first quarter. And, yeah, look, and then the Lions came back, but it was too too little too late. Yeah, and look the Lions did what I think I would have expected them mostly to do by responding to that, but they just dug too big of a hole, you know? Just you can't do that in the NFL. Yeah, and I think you mentioned like the turnovers that's where I have to pin it on Jared Goff. He didn't throw a pick, but the Lions had three fumbles. I think they all might have been Goffs. They were all Jared were. Goff, yes. So I'm going to say bad Jared Goff. Like, we had a chance, Lions Nation, to show up in front of a national audience on our day. Thanksgiving is the Lions Day and the Cowboys Day, historically. You get to play every year. I don't know who decided that, but it's a great opportunity 
to show the nation what the Lions have been all about this year. And he just totally kept dropping the football. It was awful. So bad Jared Goff. Bad. But I'm not worried long term. <laughs> he'll he'll bounce back from all it. Right. But it just sucks no, because yeah. there was such a chance to show out on, on Thanksgiving. I understand, man. It, it, it's a rough spot. And, um, you know, we'll see how the Lions respond to that. 875-KTGR. Call or text us with your good and bad and ugly from the NFL weekend. Quentin is here on the KTGR hotline for his good, bad, and ugly. Quentin, how are you? Doing fine. What was your good from the weekend? I have a couple of goods. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, the first good, you know, that Thanksgiving Day game was uh, Washington and Dallas. That was my 7,000th game. Uh, how about that? Well done, Quentin. Good for you. How about that? Yes, it was. It was fun. What was your second good? The second good had to do with my friend Chris Tabor being hired as the interim coach for the oh, yeah. Carolina Pass. Yeah, I mean, uh, I hope he, he does well in the time that he gets to lead that team. He, he, der- he definitely deserves a chance. What was the bad? I would say the Los Angeles Chargers. Ooh, that, that's a very worthy bad candidate. Um, yeah, uh, th- th- that, that offense really has some issues right now. What was the ugly? The Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, man, of course. I should have expected it from Quentin. Hey, Quentin, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, that's Quentin joining us here on the uh, on the Big Show KTGR. Yeah, the Chargers, I was glad to see the Ravens go ahead and handle the Chargers in that game. Um, but they certainly had, I mean, Los Angeles had its opportunities to where if you wanted to mount a charge, pun intended, ah! for the uh, for the AFC wild card, it was there before them. And I think now with that loss, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be too big of a hill for the Chargers to climb with where they're at right now. And the Bengals, you know, that was a divisional game that they played. And surprise, surprise, having Jake Browning as your quarterback instead of Joe Burrow impacts things. So as if it needed to be said, no, I no longer think the Bengals are going to win the division. I will never get to see it play out the way it would have with a healthy Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow probably would have won the Thursday night game that he got injured in, honestly, against the Ravens, potentially. It just wasn't a game after he left and... This one was only a game because the Steelers' offense is so bad. But it was ugly for the uh, the Bengals to try and watch them play offense, and I think they're just cooked. They're not making the playoffs. Well, and then on the other side with the Steelers, I mean, yeah, they're still bad, but that Canada's gone, and all of a sudden they get 400 yards for the first time in 60 games or something like that. Like Only uh, 16 points, though. I mean, they still no, need to score. No, I get it. I understand. It, the things are not fixed by any means. But, again, 7-4. and four. At I mean, this they're gonna, point, they're going to be in the playoffs. I think so. Like, yeah. let's run it down. Ravens, Chiefs, Dolphins leading their divisions. Yeah, yeah the, Jaguars. the Jaguars. I know it's a sore subject for Andy. I understand. But, like, you've, you've got a bunch of wild card spots. you got three of them, and they're tied for the first of the three at this point with the Browns in their same division. Maybe the Texans with an easier schedule end up uh, rising up. I, I wouldn't count the Bills out yet despite the loss to the Eagles. Even at six and six, but I agree with you. I think if I had to call it today, Andy, I would say the Steelers do make the playoffs on the strength of the defense. Let's be clear. Yeah. The offense, if that offense could get them 20 points in every game and you just lock that in, the Steelers are going to win more games than they lose. Uh, I, I think they just have that good of a defense. 875-KTGR, call or text us uh, with your good and bad and ugly from the weekend in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you brought it up. The Texans needed I'm that so win to. Yeah. 
And here's the thing, like, if there's anything to say from it, here's the thing. C.J. Stroud, good. Good. I know he had a few rough moments in that game. Still very good. Had a chance to drive down the field and get another uh, either tying score, go-ahead score. He is becoming a very clutch quarterback right in front of our eyes. I trust him in those moments. I really do. But D'Amico Ryans didn't, and that's kind of where I'm like, yeah. (laughs) I really don't. And here's the thing. I've I've liked D'Amico Ryans as a coach. He deserves a lot of credit for putting this team where they are right now. In that moment, though, game management, thats I want to say that it's going to come to him in due time. He'll get better in these situations as he coaches more games as the CEO. That was a rough moment, though. I You trust your quarterback in that sense when he's playing as well as he was, even on 4th and 12. And I wish it wasn't 4th and 12 because I wish C.J. Stroud had a, a little bit more of a, a knack to throw the ball away when he's in trouble instead of taking these bad sacks. Yeah. But I also understand that that bone in his body, the extend the play bone, is what gets him the big exciting plays down the field and the, the creativity. It all comes from that. So I understand it. I just... I want him to bottle it just a little bit more, Andy, and I think he's going to be excellent. But in that spot, Matt Amendola had already missed a field goal. 58 yards just isn't in his bag. And I know that it looks like that's a bad take almost because of it hitting the crossbar. It's like, well, he almost had it. He can't. I think that's the farthest he's ever kicked a ball. It's just, it wasn't, it's impossible. He can't do it. The risk reward isn't really in your favor there either because all that would have done was tie the game. And you also would have 30 seconds left. There's nothing to to say that the Jags wouldn't be able to drive down the field field themselves. They had a timeout left. They could have gotten into field goal range themselves and had a game winner. So So your quarterback that's already gotten you a fourth down conversion, let him try it again. Yeah, I know it's fourth and 12, but you have, Andy, I don't know if there are five quarterbacks in the NFL more equipped to pick up a fourth and 12 in, in a clutch situation like that than C.J. Stroud. Like, right. That's the guy I want because he's mobile. He can move around and he can just make magic happen. I wanted D'Amico Ryans to give C.J. Stroud one more chance to make magic happen. He elected to go with the field goal. It hit the crossbar. The rest is history. I'll say this. Today, do you think the Texans are getting one of those wild card spots? Because I would say Man. yes, knowing the schedule that we went over last week that kind of had us thinking division for them if they won this Jags game. Yeah. They didn't win the game, but they're still 6-5, and five, and I think they've got enough winnable games remaining. They're two games back of the Jags. You also have to keep in mind they're now tied with Indy, who all of a sudden is in the mix, too. I think Don't. Indy right now has Don't. that spot. Gotta love some Gardner Minshew. But I no, mean, they just yeah, lost no, I understand. Taylor for three weeks. Yeah. He's out. It's not, I'm not buying into Indy. I'll take the Texans, the Steelers, and the Browns. Um, I want to take the Bills, but I think their schedule's too tough remaining to get there, Andy. It's, it's going to be tough for them with the Chiefs. Coming up this week, they got the Cowboys at Chargers and at Dolphins yet to play. They've only got one bye week, and that's divisional, hosting the Patriots, which, you know, that one could go south on them, too. I think they lost to New England the first time, if I'm not mistaken. So, Bills just have too many tough games remaining. Um, it's ugly, Andy, but I think we get the Steelers and the Browns both in there with your Texans being the seventh seed. And those are those are two teams above them, most likely the Steelers and Browns, who are absolutely not fun at the moment, but just very good at it's managing be hard these games. To pass them, right? I know because of their yeah. defenses. They're just going to be they're going to be there at the top, and then you're going to have possibly a fun team in the Texans that isn't so great on defense, but you've got a great quarterback that could okay, light so things up. Texans being the potential seven seed, and we know the Chiefs have not by any means locked up the one. 
I mean, you could absolutely see that Chiefs Texans matchup. Where have we seen that before? <laughs> it'll it'll look a little different yeah. this time with the CJ Stroud. I bet you if they go up twenty eight zero, it's not gonna. You're not going to see the Texans lose that game. I would go out on that limb. Sure? I don't know. I'm just saying. McCole Hardman, if he gets healthy, man, is going to lock him away <laughs> somewhere. I'm not I'm saying anything on accounts to that possible that. game. Yeah. By the way, I'm not rooting for that matchup. I want to see maybe in a second-round matchup or something. Like I want to see the Texans have a chance to win a playoff game where I can I can be on their side. I can be on your side. Here, but you know I'm taking the Chiefs if that if that comes to pass. So how about Dolphins Texans? Beautiful. I would love. Yeah, that. I find a way I, to I'd get like that, that one seed. I like that. Wrestle it away with that tiebreaker from Miami. Miami do enough to get the two, right? Or the you know if they're the three, then the we need to get Houston to the six. I promise you, Houston would win that game. Yeah, like I the, promise you, the Dolphins it's right a great now for look the like a team. And look, they won over the Jets. They showboated against the Jets, honestly, on Black Friday. And good for them. Like, whatever. The Jets that, made too many mistakes. Yeah, the no, Jets I get, go in the yeah. ugly for that. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. the Jets, so nobody's surprised. But if you watch that game, which I did before the Garth Brooks concert, I'm telling you, I think the Jets, the, their opportunity was there. And they just made so many mistakes. It seemed like they had a 15-yard penalty every time they had the Dolphins off the field. It was more 15-yard penalties to extend drives for Miami. And then, obviously, the... Uh, the arm punts by Tim Boyle going into the half. Like, the Jets had their pick six, and then they gave one right back to Miami on a uh, on a Hail Mary. I don't know if I've ever seen that, Andy. A Hail Mary executed that poorly that it turns into a touchdown for the other team. Shame on the Jets. I'm shaming Jared Goff and the Jets this week. Those are my two yeah. biggest disappointments because I thought the Jets could make a game of that one, and it just didn't happen. Well, the thing is about the, uh, I think people are calling it the Hail Mary uh, which would be fantastic. It's good. Um, the butt fumble, the hell yeah, mary, hell yeah. mary, the yeah. Thanksgiving traditions for. Think Jess about Brooks. how disres- how much disrespect you have to have for a team to say that. Oh, they're going to throw it to the end zone from fifty yards away. I'm going to stand at the goal line. The smart thing to do is just to just down. bat it down. But no, yeah. I'm going to try and catch it, and not only just catch it. But try and house it. <laughs> How much disrespect do, do you have? And then do it. How much oh. disrespect do you have to have for your opponent to say, that, yeah, I can, right. I can do that? Like, You're what? completely 100% Javon Hollins, well done, sir. You had yeah. it. And then ask yourself, is anybody really surprised? No. Because it's the Jets. Like, if there's a way for that half to end, that would be the way. That'd be exactly yeah. the way when it comes to a J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets game on Black Friday. Oh, man. 875-KTGR. Give us your good, bad, and ugly from the weekend of NFL football. James texting in. The good was San Francisco. Yeah, they, look, they do look good again. Uh, They're my team. Yeah, yeah, I mean. That's my NFC team, Eagles 49ers dude, this week. They get to prove it this week uh, with oh, that game. Wait. So uh, that, that'll be wait. something. Uh, the bad, the Patriots. Yeah, this is just awful it's every in week. New England. You look at Zappy with 50 yards and Mac Jones, and they just – Get rid of both of them and start new. Get Drake it May, up. get whoever yep. you th- you have to absolutely nuke the entire operation. And, Andy, that could include Belichick, but I also yeah. think he just doesn't have the right quarterback. For a long time, he did. And guess what? They were great. He had Tom <laughs> yeah. Brady. Now he doesn't. And I think you give him, if he wants to stick around, which he's getting up there in terms of you know coaching age, I don't know how much longer he wants to do it, but if you give him a shot, it could be like Wemby, with uh, Popovich in the NBA. You give him a Drake May or a Caleb Williams that can get it done, 
Maybe Belichick can have a, a, another good decade in him running a team that's competent, but I, they just don't have a quarterback. And there's in the NFL, if you're saying we don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. You don't no. have a team. No. So I think that's got to be the answer. Just nuke the whole operation. And then James also texting in his ugly a tie between Josh Dobbs and Justin Fields. Well, yeah, it so sure um, seemed that way last night. They deserved a tie in that game. That should have been the result yes. that we got as fans. Yeah. Andy, you're not feeling as bad, I don't guess, about our trade the other week in fantasy when I was really, you know, pumping the tires about. I mean, again, it was kind of an opportunity sort of thing. I feel like I could have gotten a little more value back with how well he was playing at the moment. Right. But you're right. Um, (laughs) I don't think I can use him anymore. And they're on bye this week. They might go to Jaron Hall out of the out of the bye. I mean, that was bad last night. That was really bad. I mean. It would be something that was a that was a game that the Vikings could not lose because they oh. had like playoff hopes somewhat still well, alive. The, the but thing. then, but then you talk about it. The Bears couldn't lose the game either because you have four picks, and then if you, and then if you lose that after getting four picks on defense, how? Yeah, how? That's bad. Well, I guess they would be fine with it because they've also got two picks in the first round, and that draft pick would have been a little better. But they've already got the number one pick sewn up with the Panthers. So I agree. You can't have four interceptions defensively and not win the game. They managed to not score a touchdown. Here's the thing, though, Andy. You said the Vikings can't afford to lose. Yeah, they can. The NFC is so bad. Like, here's the thing. Can we just say the NFL is so bad after the handful of teams that aren't bad? Because we're saying that the AFC is like, oh, my gosh, all these teams are still in the mix. The NFC is a nightmare, yeah. and I believe even with that loss, the Vikings are still in a wild card today. You got the Cowboys in one, the Seahawks are in one, and there's no other teams that are 500 are, or better. So seven. the Vikings yep. are they're right in that mix, which is so sad. But I would say to Josh Dobbs, if you do stay the starting quarterback coming out of the bye, come on, man, it's not rocket science. We need you to play a little better. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's he's not rocket science. Uh, anyway, you yeah. know, because he's the aeronautics engine anyway i, I thought i thought yeah, it was better than you did uh, maybe what a it's not rocket science it's just football it's just football josh dobbs anyway, nothing to it eight seven justin jefferson back and he'll be okay exactly that will fix everything eight seven five ktgr if you want to call or text us here on the show with your good and bad and ugly from the nfl weekend well, we will ask Will Carroll, the injury expert, what he thinks about uh, Justin Jefferson's imminent return after the Vikings' bye week. That and many more NFL injuries from the weekend. And also, what he thinks about the signing of Sonny Gray and the other free agent signings that the Cardinals have made to address their rotation. The injury expert, Will Carroll, joins us next on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. We're back here on the big show on KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy Brendan and producer Chris. A lot of uh, NFL injuries to get to uh, here in the last week or so, but we also have some major baseball news to talk about from the last 24 hours as well, specifically with the St. Louis Cardinals. And here to talk with. Your talk with us about all of that is the injury expert, Will Carroll. You can find him on Twitter at Injury Experts and read uh, all his stuff about uh, baseball injuries and whatnot during the offseason at underthenife.substack.com. You can go to fanbuzz.com, too, to find his NFL injury content. And I know you wrote uh, in Under the Knife about the uh, the Cardinals uh, taking on Sonny Gray as uh, a big free agent signing introduced yesterday, joins the two pitchers that they mm-hmm. already signed last week in Lance Lynn 
Lynn and Kyle Gibson. So the rotation, you're, you're seeing it form up now. Uh, I wonder what you uh, kind of make of the situation now with the Cardinals getting uh, much older, but uh, you could also say more experience yeah. in the rotation. I have more experience, yes. Uh, I think what you have to do is take a look at really what caused this. And that's just the fact that they don't have two, three, four guys they expected to have. And if you if you read under the knife, you know, I look back at 2019, and there are a bunch of guys. There was, you know, Dakota Hudson was expected to be there. Uh, Cabrera was expected to be a guy. You know, Helsley has become a guy. He can't stay healthy, uh, but he's a useful part, uh, certainly dominant at times. But it's the fact that the guys like Libertor and, and Hudson. And those guys just haven't stepped up, that they haven't become even a four or five, that John Mozella can look at this uh, team and say, you know what, I trust that I already have the four and five, so I only need to find two. So he had to go out and spend 110, potentially 140 million if they pick up the option, but I think that's apart from it. They had to go out and pick up old guys who have been inconsistent in their career. Gibson and Lynn. You know, both uh, were were deadline guys. They're guys that could flip again. I think that's one of the the smart things they've done. Um, But they've got to build a bridge. So the question now is, if you couldn't develop the last generation of pitchers, can you develop the next generation? Lynn and Gibson are not going to help you in 2025 unless you flip them for another pitcher uh, the way they did with Jordan Montgomery. So... They've got to figure out the development because you can't go out and spend a hundred million every year uh, and be successful uh, in this way. You, you've got to have players on your team that are that are good. I'm not sure they're done. The more I look at this roster, and I've said this, I don't know how many times, probably every week I've been on, that the Cardinals roster is a whole bunch of good guys, but not a bunch of great guys, and they've got to take some of those pieces and parts, especially the outfield and flip them for something more useful. Can they put together a package that gets them back a a Tyler Glasnow? Uh, Can they go out and find somebody on a team uh, that needs those pieces and parts that can't pay for, you know, the Rays aren't going to pay Glasnow 25 million. It's just not going to happen. It's unfortunate. Um, You know, could they go out and find another guy? There's a number of trade candidates being talked about. I don't think they're going to go out and sign one of the big free agents like Yamamoto, but I think they could, put together a package, uh, especially with where their payroll is now, even after this $110 million spree, it's not like their, their payroll, their, their debt average right now, which is not where you expect the Cardinals to be. Uh, I think there, there's likely one more move coming, but if not, they've at least gotten the bridge to where hopefully the next generation of Cardinals pitchers can come from. Yeah, very well could be the case, and we'll see what more of the Cardinals are looking to do for the rest of this offseason, uh, but certainly needed to uh, address the rotation at the very least, and looks like they've uh, gotten some veterans in the room to to make that happen. Will Carroll, the injury expert, with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. Let's uh, shift over to football, Will. Uh, I think uh, one of the, the big stories that, that came out today is that the Vikings, after uh, – Losing their game yesterday to the uh, to the uh, to the Bears, uh, they ended up uh, getting Justin Jefferson back off of injured reserve. Now they won't be playing this weekend, so Jefferson has a couple of weeks to to rest up and get ready for their next contest. But this is huge for the Vikings that are technically still kind of in the playoff race and desperately needed some pass catching help. It seems. 
Yeah, and they also need some quarterback. I mean, that's just not a good team. Uh, you, you can criticize Kirk Cousins all you want. We can all enjoy uh, Josh Dobbs with you know, not even knowing the plays or the players and coming out there and being a successful quarterback. Um, but he's not the long-term solution. They had to do something because they didn't have it on the roster. Jefferson's going to be back. But you, know, you can have the best wide receiver uh, with a below-level quarterback. I mean, just ask Devontae Adams. Uh, yeah, he went there to be with Derek Carr, who I don't think nearly as highly of, but uh, he certainly didn't go to Las Vegas to be with Aiden O'Connell, uh, who people were kind of surprised got drafted at all, even though he had a good career at Purdue. I think this is one of those situations where, yeah, Jefferson's going to help. Uh, having you know an all-world wide receiver is going to help, but the Cardinals have vastly more problems, and I wouldn't be surprised to see another quarterback change. It very well could happen. Uh, we'll see what the Vikings do with the uh, remaining weeks in their season. Will Carroll, the injury expert here on the Big Show KTGR and KTGR.com. We've we've seen the quarterback injuries, of course, uh, uh, throughout this whole season. Namely, one of the big ones was Joe Burrow that happened a, a couple of weeks ago with a uh, throwing arm, and now he's uh, apparently had surgery. And uh, yeah. I- interesting that... Uh, the Chiefs were dealing with a, a similar situation with McCole Harbin. I, apparently, oh no, I, I have that mixed up. Actually, um, yeah. he's got a similar injury to Jonathan Taylor, who we'll get to. But yeah. Joe Burrow's surgery. Uh, what's the timetable? You think, and how uh, how do you think the rehab will go for him? Yeah, everything went really well. It was as expected. Wrists are complicated. Um, just because yeah, wrists do so many things. There's a ton of little bones in there. If you ever like Google the anatomy of a wrist, you'll see just these tiny bones, all this cartilage that's in the right place. Uh, you know, people are incapacitated by carpal tunnel just from typing too much or, or doing uh, repetitive things. So you can imagine that when things get screwed up in there, you have to put it together in just the right way. And that's difficult because you don't know exactly how it all looked before it was broken. So it's a tougher surgery. It doesn't have a great success rate, but it's gotten better. Um, I don't think Burl will have any problem. You know, it's what, nine months until the next game uh, for an eight-week recovery He's going to have plenty of time. Um, it's just one of those unfortunate things. Uh, eight weeks is the end of the season. <laughs> his, his team isn't going to be playing at the point that he would be back uh, because that would be the Super Bowl. Uh, so it's, it's one of those things for next year. It shouldn't have an effect on him, and we'll know it very, very soon as soon as he picks up a football. Yeah, and hopefully he does get back to uh, full strength uh, by the time uh, that does happen. We'll certainly see for for Joe Burrow's uh, situation. Now let's get to Jonathan Taylor. I was eager for for that. Uh, it <laughs> seems that he's uh, out for the the season. You would think maybe, um, and, and also talk about a little bit how McCole Hartman's injury is maybe a little bit similar for the Chiefs. Yeah, um, you know it'll be interesting to see with, with the Colts. They're still in playoff contention, and, and the type of injury he has. Um, a lot of people are reporting this, that he fell on it and it bent back, which we've all done that at some point. You've had your thumb pulled back. I don't think that's what happened. Um, I was watching, and most NFL players have trained themselves in most situations, and they know how to fall. That's why they don't get hurt every time they get knocked down the way most people would. Um, they tend to fall on it. I think someone in a pile was going for the ball. And if you ever watch, you know, if somebody gets held up, they start punching at the ball, they start pulling at a guy's hand. And if your thumb gets pulled back, if you've ever had that, uh, if your little sister was trying to 
get your hands off something uh, and yank your thumb back. You know how much that hurts. Um, The thing is, even in situations where there's a significant sprain, where it has to be surgically repaired, the same stuff we've talked about with knees um, and, and elbows is being used in thumbs. And it was actually one of the first things. And there are some big name players that have had this kind of surgery. Chris Paul had it, Mike Trout had it, Dustin Pedroia had it very early on, and they all came back in right about a month. So we can talk about Joe Burrow being out because there's not eight weeks left in the season. We've seen guys come back in four, and we've also seen some very, very aggressive rehabs. Uh, Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia, came back in 26 days after high ankle surgery. 26 days from anything is ridiculous. So could Jonathan Taylor or Nicole Hardman, if necessary, have this surgery and come back in three weeks, four weeks, four weeks we know is doable. Three weeks, I don't know, but how aggressive are we willing to get? Maybe that's a question for Aaron Rodgers, who's doing the same exact thing on a different part. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting how that has sort of evolved, and we'll see what the Colts decide to do with with Jonathan Taylor. Because you're right, they're right in the playoff race, and they they might need Jonathan Taylor for for some of these games coming up. Very interesting stuff from Will Carroll, the injury expert here on the Big Show, KTGR and KTGR.com. Miles Garrett heard the shoulder pop, apparently. Uh, Never a great thing. What's kind of the the status for him while he's putting together a, a season that most have deemed worthy of Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah, I think T.J. Watt has something to say about that. But um, the interesting thing here is this this is just a simple, what we used to call a separated shoulder. Now we normally call it an AC sprain for a chromioclavicular. Basically, this is the same thing that Miles does to quarterbacks. Uh, You know, David Carr had this. uh, Anthony Richardson had the season-ending version of it because it was very severe. But we've seen quarterbacks have this and miss a week, two weeks. In Carr's case, he came back the very next week. And that's what they think with Garrett because he doesn't need to throw. Uh, He needs to be able to grab guys. He needs to be able to push big guys blocking him off, but he doesn't have the same absolute need for that throwing shoulder to be good. So it's more likely he could take an injection, be back out there and be back out there uh, throwing quarterbacks to the ground. Yeah, we'll see uh, if Garrett's able to uh, to do that and keep playing as well as he has. Uh, the Panthers are not playing well. Uh, they decided to go ahead and say goodbye to their head coach, Frank Reich, after just 11 <laughs> games. I, I don't know how quickly we, we were expecting this happening, but I wouldn't have called it this quick, uh, Will. I just wonder your thoughts on the, the franchise that seems to be pretty dysfunctional at the moment and deciding that the head coach is the one to blame. Well, I think the reason you brought in Frank Reich is because, you know, he, he was a quarterback. He was thought to be a great quarterback's coach. Uh, he's worked with some very good ones. Um, so he, the idea was that he would come in and be the quarterback guru. He would make whoever they picked and he would help them pick it. Uh, he would help them take that number one pick and move forward. Uh, it didn't work. Is it Bryce Young? Because C.J. Stroud looks awful good. Now, Anthony Richardson, we don't really know. He looked good in spurts, but uh, the shoulder throws everything off. Will Levis, who was talked about as a a great guy, uh, has been mediocre at best for for the the Titans. So one out of four, I'm not sure, uh, remains to be seen. Maybe half 
the quarterbacks we, we were told were the top four are going to be good. Um, but they realized quickly that this wasn't working, whether it's Bryce Young, whether it's Frank Reich, who cares? It's not working. And David Tepper, the, the hedge fund billionaire who owns the Panthers, he quickly said, this isn't working, go. Is Bryce Young also going to go? I'm not sure they're going to be as committed to him. Think of a situation like Zach Wilson. Could you have flipped him, gotten a third round back for him, and let him be somebody else's project? I think that's not unlikely. I'm not saying it will happen uh, because they're going to have another chance. If they see Drake May, uh, a North Carolina guy, sitting there for him at their draft pick, do they not say, hey, we know this guy isn't good. I think this guy is. The other thing that I keep coming back to with David Tepper is he's a soccer fan. One of the first things he did after buying the Panthers was get a soccer team. He is a huge Premier League guy. And over there, they fire managers like you and I change socks. You know, if things aren't going well, flip. Uh, I think he has a soccer mentality more than a football mentality. I, I think as an investment guy, he understands sunk costs. Uh, his specialty is distressed assets, uh, and that's what he has right now. So I, I think he is that type of guy is more willing and more able to move quickly. You know, people are saying, oh, that's a terrible job. And I'm like, uh, he fired Matt Rule with $40 million left on the contract. He fired Frank Reich with $30 million left on the contract. Hey, it, it follows patterns. You can hire me and fire me with $20 million left on the contract. I'll be very happy. Hey, I'll, I'll sign up for that, too. Don't, don't you worry. Uh, you can find somebody pretty quickly if that's, the, if that's what you're going to end up doing uh, for the Panthers job. Well, what's new and under the knife and uh, fan buzz these days? Yeah, under the knife, uh, like you said, took a hard look at what the Cardinals have done, what they might have to do, and, and why. Uh, and then previously, I took a look at what I call the secret free agents. We're not hearing anything about you know where Yamamoto and Otani are, are going, but the meetings are happening. You know, a lot of them are by Zoom. Uh, Yamamoto is still over in Japan, but their agents are, are making sure they're comfortable saying all the things they want, and cutting out teams that, that uh, aren't going to be able to match that. It's not just the money at this stage. You know, Each of these teams knows they'll have to go to a big number for either of them, uh, actually a really big number for either of them. But those teams that get eliminated, uh, they're going to know it. They're going to know that meeting didn't go well. And, and I think when you start to see things like, like the Cubs looking at pictures, they might know they're out on Yamamoto. Yeah, so uh, go and find uh, all that under the underthenife.substack.com to read all that info from Will Carroll, the injury expert, during the baseball offseason, and read his stuff at fanbuzz.com for all uh, football injury info. Will, thanks for coming on the big show as always. Hope all is well. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, boys. The show is on at 444, KTGR and KTGR.com. So a lot to uh, d- discuss with Will there, and you can find all that at KTGR.com as well. All right, under the bus, up next to a homecoming so crazy that only college football could provide it. That's next after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Under the bus coming and also the sweetest thing in sports. We've got more Mizzou football talk to bring to you. What bowl game would you like to see them play in? We'll go through maybe some more of the scenarios as we await the college football playoff rankings that will be released later on tonight. We'll talk about that at 5.05. And Mizzou men's hoops with a road test against Pitt. Can they hold up in that game? We'll talk about it at 5.25. And then Brian Smith, the Mizzou wrestling coach, will join us at 5.45 here on the big show.
It's time to go under the bus on the big show. Man, I, I'm almost afraid to even say anything about the Corey Perry situation. This is very t- tangly. It seems Isn't tangly. I know the. I know what they started out the day thinking uh, happened yeah. with Corey Perry. Uh-huh. I don't think that's what actually happened, but there there were certainly some rumors. As There's a lot of rumors to, out there about what Corey Perry allegedly did. It may be involved well, Connor Bedard, uh, but I have no idea. Well, I'm not even going to say it. I'm just you know. from. Well, we can say it. From what I under, I mean, the social medias are saying it. They're saying that you know the Blackhawks had a little mom's trip, and Connor Bedard's oh. mom was on the trip. Corey Perry was on the trip, and you know, oh, that, those are those are things. Oh, but yeah, lot guys things. from across the room. Yes, the social media rumors are that yes, something happened there between the two. I. I believe that's completely not the case, but those were the rumors. But Corey Perry clearly did something that was against Blackhawks uh, team rules, and so he's not on the team anymore. What could it possibly be? Only added fuel to the fire that that was the thing that he did wrong, but I haven't seen anything definitive just yet. I'll I'll keep doing something on this Well, again, something to have him be cut from the team, just straight up. I mean... be something serious, so we'll see. But either way, under the bus to Corey Perry. Under the bus. More hockey content under the bus today because there was uh, a big brawl that happened between the Ottawa Senators and the Carolina, or not the Carolina Panthers, the Florida Panthers. There's a different Carolina team when you believe uh, in the it. NHL. I'm trying my best. <laughs> it it resulted okay. in this referee announcement after it was all said and done. Two minutes for roughing. Florida, number 12, has two minutes to roughing, and then every player on the ice has a 10-minute misconduct. <laughs> Florida will have a two-minute power play. Everybody's thrown out of the game. Everybody on the field. <laughs> Everybody on the, on the ice. ice, you're thrown out. You're gone. You're gone. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Love That's it. A lot. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. The Egg Bowl lives in all of us, everybody. Doesn't matter what sport it is. That, that's very true. Under the bus. Oh, uh, under the bus to the Carolina Panthers owner, Dave there Tepper. We go. There, there I knew we'd get there. I, yeah, I understand. Uh, Tepper, you heard Will Carroll talking about him. I just, the, the comments he was trying to make as far as justifying the firing of Frank Reich and justifying drafting Bryce Young. It was very weird when he was asked about Bryce Young, like saying, oh yeah, that was a unanimous decision by the by the coaching staff, and that, that, was, their, that was their decision. Okay, but you as the owner have the right to veto that decision. You know that, right? Like, if you really thought oh, Bryce Young wasn't so got Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know how Bryce Young feels in this whole thing with the owner saying these types of things or responding to these types of questions. Man, it's just ugly. Probably not great. I'm but medically kinda, retired. Yeah, I think it kind of goes into Will Carroll's theory that maybe you do what the Jets didn't do and get what you can for Bryce Young now if you don't believe in him because you're going to be, you know, well, in theory – up at the top of the draft, but oh yeah, you kind of lost your draft pick oh, yeah. to the Bears, so you don't have that. But th- there are other quarterbacks, maybe you could try and figure something out. Um, I'll be interested to see how they proceed. Because they traded so many picks to get Bryce Young, they might be kind of stuck. But again, like I said yesterday, I'm not out on Bryce Young, um, but it's not looking great. No, not a great start. Under the bus. Especially when you talk about what C.J. Stroud has done and he was drafted right after him, and it's just... You remember what that a, Texans game that they won with Davis yeah, the, Mills, the Panthers General won. Mills? Yeah, so the Panthers won that game to basically remove themselves from the top pick. The Texans then get it instead. Or I'm sorry, the Texans 
remove themselves from the top pick by winning that game, right? The Texans won oh, the they, game. Oh, yeah, they, they beat the, the Colts. Yeah, pick. they beat started, the Colts. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the Panthers end up getting that number one. Yay! But I think consensus at the time was Bryce Young over Stroud, and they went with that. And in retrospect, that was not the right choice, no. I don't think. So it's crazy to think we were saying poo-poo to the Texans for, for winning a game. You shouldn't have won. Turns out. General Mills. It was one of the greatest wins in Texans history. <laughs> yeah. Who could have known? Who could have known? Oh, man. And uh, also, under the bus to Arkansas. I-, I saw a tweet, I believe, Gerard Hamilton, who does great work covering Mizzou football for PowerMizzou.com. I think he had a great tweet. Better, most ridiculous homecoming, CM Punk to uh, WWE or, or oh, yeah. Bobby Petrino to Arkansas. Chris, tell us who it is. Um, the answer is Bobby Petrino to Arkansas. <laughs> that is correct. I He's will agree back, with that. Baby. He's back. He's back not here to make friends. He's here to make money. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Here's My what he asked. God. Introductory press conference. Put the neck brace on. It'd be hilarious. Do it, oh, Bobby. Awesome. Do it, yeah, Bobby. Awesome. Shirt, I might even. I might, yeah. That, get that Do jacket it. back. I know you Do got it. that in your it's closet, just Bobby. The, just for the irony of the whole thing. I'd be Mom's so ready for that. Under the bus. Oh, wouldn't that be excellent? Ah, oh, that's what college football needs right now, honestly. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports. On the big show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. Get those holiday gifts for your coworkers and your customers at the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. Cody Schrader is a finalist for the Doak Walker Award. That goes to the nation's top running back in college football. Again, just amazing how he has worked to this point gotten to uh, the the platform where he is now one of the three best running backs in college football and there's really no question about it i like his chances of winning it you think yeah i, I think, think they're he really solid win it personally i mean i hope there's... he does ollie gordon's gonna be tough to beat i'll say that much oklahoma state is a really good year uh, look at the numbers. what conference does he play numbers in? again look at the numbers um, and he's going to get Oklahoma the and he's going to get to play again this weekend. So if like the Look voting, the fact, if if the voting still is factoring in, if they're still voting for this, and he's going to get a chance to are. add. Yeah, if I have no idea. Finalists have been announced. I think that's already. I, I that's how no they idea. came up with the finalists. Is yeah. the votes have happened? Well, again, I, I sure numbers, hope though. Cody Schrader has a, uh, a chance to win that thing, and we'll we'll see if it, it's one in three chance. That's pretty darn good. But, uh, Let Cody Schrader play against BYU and see what happens. Five ah. touchdowns for this kid against BYU? He's racking up numbers for the award. That's cheating. Oh, boy. Come on. I mean, they did play Arkansas. <laughs> he did. Uh, we'll talk some more Mizzou and college football playoff scenarios next on The Big Show.